have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Flynn Hendricks and just Jeff. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have a character in mind that you want to see brought to life? Do you need a custom costume? Do you need simple accessories? Then let me recommend Nick Slatter Emporium. Ooh, I love that name. They have multiple years of design experience and can bring your spookiest designs to life no matter how intricate, how simple, or how terrifying. <laughs> Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and get connected to make your spooky dreams. A haunting reality. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another spooky, terrifying episode of Tales from the Haunt. And I'm one of your hosts who is right now trying not to hashtag humble brag, but... If this is your first time joining, my name is Flynn Hendricks, and the man to my left, even though the cameras aren't rolling, you can't see him in his clown outfit, you can't see him with humble pie and crow all over his face, but it's my partner in crime, it's the Jefferson Starship, it's Jeffrey the Giraffe, it's just Jeff, the guy that not only makes this show happen and sounds so pretty, but uh, Jeff, I believe we need to put a little rumor to bed. Let's go ahead and do that right out of the gate. Um, No. I'm not ready. I tell you what, I'll give you until I get our usual housekeeping out of the way, and then we're going to come back to that, and I'm going to make you eat that humble pie. <laughs> but guys, seriously, if this is your first episode, you picked a great one to tune in on. We're going to get spooky. We're going to get terrified. I might even pull the blanket up a little bit and, you know, try to hide away in the dark, but that's neither here nor there. Y'all don't need that visual. This podcast is going to be a great one for you to start off with, and then when you're done, I feel like... Jeff, don't you think our listeners should not only tell their friends about this, get a spooky fix, spread the word, because we're not even to Halloween yet. We all love things spooky, and we all count down to October 31st. So, word of mouth would help us, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. 
And then we're going to make it easy for these people because this podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, isn't it? Yep. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcasts. Amazon, we're there too. You name it, we're there. So go subscribe. And if that platform lets you, leave us a five-star and a written review because it helps us out more than you know. And we got some fun news today too, Jeff. A good friend of mine and guest on my other podcast, Katrina Piscina, is not only drawing up some art for us, but uh, this is going to be a shirt that you guys can have here soon, too. So if you want to support the show, check the show notes. We got information on how you can get merch. You can also check out my Pro Wrestling Tees store, prowrestlingtees.com slash Flynn Hendricks. And every purchase not only helps this podcast, but a portion of every sale also goes to the Nashville Humane Society to help those fur babies as well. So it's a win-win. And once you do that, Get connected on social media so you can tag us in a picture of you rocking that merch, and we'll give you a spooky shout-out on the podcast and on social media. Now, that sounds like a win-win, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's everybody wins. We get to keep having some fun conversations like we're going to do here momentarily. But uh, that's also going to let us give Jeff a nice serving of humble pie here. Now, Jeff, I believe you had a... A vicious rumor you like to spread on this podcast that has taken on a life of its own, dispelled for you this past week. Did you not? I did. Um, I, I did. That's all I can say. Oh, come on. You don't want to give us the juicy details, Jeff? Okay. Well, um, so my son, uh, LJ, tells me that Chris is right. I mean, who? You know, this guy. Flynn. That's right. Hey, I don't know any Chris's. <laughs> he he's right, and that dogs do lay eggs. Thank you, LJ. And did you get that boy a present? I did not. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here from the man himself. Dogs indeed do lay eggs. There we go. Rumors put to bed. And on that high note, while I sit atop my throne, we're gonna take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and this is one that Jeff and I have been counting down to. This is one that, when we started this podcast, we had this guy in mind as a guest. Didn't know if we were going to actually book it, but I'll be damned, we did. Put it out in the world, manifest it, it happens. And this guy has not only done amazing things, and I'm selling that short because there's really no word that's going to do justice to what he's done to bring you know, love and understanding and just acceptance into the haunt world. He's not only the founder of Haunters Against Hate, but he's also the guy that is bringing Tales from the Haunt to its first live uh, convention appearance here in Lexington in a couple weeks. This guy has done so much for the haunt world, and it is our pleasure to have on the show tonight, Paul Lanner. Paul, thank you so much for being on here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you, man. So let's, uh, dude, let's just jump right into it. How did you, like, even get involved in the haunt world? What pulled a young Paul into this 
crazy spooky world that we're all intertwined in. Well, I don't know if it was a young Paul, but <laughs> um, I I don't know if you know, I work in the entertainment industry. I've been mm -hmm. working with Warner Brothers for the past 19 years. And before that, I was a creative director at 20th Century Fox. And as everything became digital, I wanted to get out of LA and I moved to the Midwest in Indianapolis. And I had, I had gone to a haunt there that I was so impressed with that I had emailed them because they were changing their name. And I asked them if they would like a redesign because that's what I do for a living. And they, they were suspicious. They were like, who is this person? I told them I went to their haunt, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, I created a new logo for their haunt and I, they invited me. They were like, you know, if you want to scare with us, feel free if you ever have the desire, which I did. Oh yeah. And it went from there and I became pretty much doing all their advertising. From there, a few other haunts in the area reached out to me and they asked if I could help with some of their advertising and design. So that's how I got involved in the haunt industry. And wow. that's going on what's nine years, 10 years now. Man, so, time has no meaning at this point, but that's, that's right, amazing. Exactly. Yeah, wow. pretty, pretty incredible. So when you transition out of a world like that, especially I, I can only imagine that you know Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, that's a high-paced, high-stakes environment for sure. What's it like when you transition not only into like the advertising and the redesigning portion of the scare world, but when you become a scare actor as well? How what is that transition like for you? Um, fortunately, I've been able to balance both. I still work with Warner Brothers to oh, this nice. day, and I still do packaging design for them. So um, the only tough thing about that is the fact that they're on the West Coast and right working in Indianapolis and this area, it's a three hour difference. And so that makes it, that generally makes it difficult during haunt season because I could be at a haunt. I don't, I don't scare anymore, but when I was scaring, you know, I'd be at the haunt at six o'clock and it would only be three o'clock LA time. Right. So sometimes there was an overrun where they needed stuff and I couldn't get it to them in time. That was the only rub really, but they, they were willing to work with me as much as they could. Absolutely. You know, unless there were strict, strict deadlines, and then it would ha it would so happen that I wouldn't be able to go to the haunt. That right, night right. It was something that crucial. Very, so. very understandable. But man, yeah. I, I love hearing that you were still able to juggle both worlds because I mean, I we that's something that we talk about on here. Just how do we balance everyday lives on top of haunt season? But then here you are doing it with a three hour time difference in between. That's just um not only insane, <laughs> but it's amazing to realize that you're out there making it happen too. And that's why I use spackle for eye cream. <laughs> man, oh man. So as the other haunts started reaching out to you as well and asking you to like help them out and you take on some of those responsibilities, did you find it hard to get a fine balance in there as well? Or were you just eager to keep filling your plate up with more and more? What was that like? I, I started burning myself out pretty rapidly um, where I had to step back on some stuff and finally had to learn to say, no, I can't. Right. I had to allow myself a break because if I stented myself that thin, eventually I would, I would not be giving my best to anyone. So absolutely, that's that, that was the only way I could balance it. I, you know, if a haunted parts would say, can we get there or can we do this? I'd be like, I just don't have the time anymore. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Uh, and they understood. They understood. Yeah. yeah. And that, that makes that whole situation easier because I know, too, speaking from experience, if you have to come to a position where you have to say no 
it's it's not easy to do. And I know in my mind, I try to run through 10 different scenarios of how I could make it work. But even then, they're not going to get the best quality out of me either. And it's just, it, it's a struggle. But I mean, man, I just mad props for you being able to come to the point to say no, but they respect you and they find a way to keep going. And then I'm eventually sure, I'm sure they come back to it too. Right, exactly. You know, and, and the industry, I mean, having been in, being in the entertainment industry so long now, you know, I've watched it as it's changing through the years. You know, I started working when there were still VHSs. Mm-hmm. And now it's getting to the point where, what, 80% is becoming streaming? Yep. So that's really put a crimp in, like, what I do, packaging design and stuff, because as you lean more and more towards streaming and as these studios are taken over by other studios or bigger conglomerates, a lot of stuff is changing. It's, Absolutely. it's sad in a way because I was a film major, so I have a true appreciation of film and mm-hmm. it's just becoming in a way, well, this is neither here nor there. It's it's becoming like more product, and but this is not, you don't need my opinion about the film industry. <laughs> so. I, I just wonder how many people just went, what's a VHS? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so many you. listeners. Thank you so much, really. Yeah. Let me go put more spackle on. <laughs> right. As my, as my grandmother still has a VCR in her house, combo VCR DVD player, mind you, but it still exists. It's out there. Hey, look how, look how vinyl has research, made a research. Right. Oh, it has. It has. So you never know. And my neighbor makes a living, you know, running a vinyl store here in Nashville. So there you go. Right. You never know. That's it. And then. It's like the yo-yo. It comes back every now and then. Yeah. It's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. But that, uh, that kind of brings up another question too, especially like as the world was changing, we, you know, we got hit with the pandemic. We're somewhere either in the middle, close to the finish line, depending on who you ask on that. And everything changed. Everything went remote for a while. When the haunt world got impacted by that, I know there were haunts down here that still operated, but they worked under the guidelines in the counties they were in and everything. What was it like for you, uh, not only working, you know, with Warner Brothers or Fox over in the Pacific time zone, but then also working the haunt if it was still open during that? What was all that like? Well, with I, Fox is now Disney. Yes. There is no more. So I don't anymore. That's been a while. Um, Warner Brothers, I mean, everything I do is remote with them anyway. So it didn't really affect me. It affected the people who worked at the studio because they couldn't go into the studio. They were working at home. Mm -hmm. But it was just maybe they got to realize how I work, you know, remotely. Um, As for the haunt industry, at that point, I really wasn't scaring anymore because when COVID hit, I was already immersed with Haunters Against Hate. Ah, you, you just made our job easy then because that was the next thing on the list. Talk to us about that and where like where this idea for Haunters Against Hate was born because we've had um, friends of ours featured in the uh, in the booklet in the magazine that comes out. Um, future guest of the show is this airs, you know, Yuck Yuck the Clown. He was in it. And it's a big thing that goes around the haunt that we work out at Nashville Nightmare as well. Like everybody keeps up to date with it. It's such a big thing. Where did this all start? Well... It started almost six years ago um, after the Orlando Pulse Massacre in Orlando, Florida. Mm. And I I don't want to go into the gory details, but some really unpleasant stuff was said in the haunt industry about the Orlando Pulse Massacre Mm. by uh, a review team. And I'll just leave it at that. And that 
started Haunters Against Tate because a bunch of haunts got together and said, we're not going to let you review our haunts anymore. It's unacceptable. You know, we don't tolerate this kind of hate. Absolutely. And speech. And they, because I was doing advertising for a bunch of them, they came to me and said, you know, can you come up with a name? Can you come up with a logo? You know, we'll, we'll do this open letter on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And they were going to let it go with that. And I thought about that. I was like, well, here's your, here's the name. Here's the logo. Here's the tagline. But I'm going to take this and I'm going to go further with this. And I'm going to take something that was born out of such negativity and turn it into something positive. And that's oh, what yeah. I did. So now, when they when they ask you to create that logo and, you know, they're going to put the press release out and like you said, leave it at that. When you tell them that you're going to take it further, was there any pushback? Was there support? What was that like? They were like, do whatever you wish. It's You know, if that's what you want to do, you know. Because let's face it, they're haunt owners. They're dealing with their own stuff. Of course. And I was like, this is my opportunity to do something good, you know, for society and give back and all that. And they recognized my passion for it. And they they didn't bat an eye. They were like, go for it. And to this day, they were like, what you've done now with it, there's no way we have ever anticipated it would become what it is now. Man, yeah. so. That's amazing to hear. And I've... I've got so many questions to go based off that, but I don't want to hijack the entire conversation. Um, Jeff, is there any questions that you have? Actually, believe it or not, yes, I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time I'm the silent guy over here, but I've actually got something to ask this time. So um, as, as we've we've recently said, um, Hotters Against Hate, the event too, is coming up in Lexington, Kentucky soon. Um, at the time that this airs, it'll be you know within the next two two weeks, so or so um my question is is how did um haunters against hate the event one come about like how did you say i'm going to turn this into a con and then you know how how well did it actually happen i last year i think it was right after volume seven or maybe after volume six was done. And I thought about it and I was going to these conventions and I was like, you know what? I would like to do something different where I want to create this little environment convention. And I know it's gonna be a lot of work and I had a lot of support behind me. And I've actually been co-producer I've, I've co -producer for some other events not involved in the haunt industry, more in the LGBT community. So I was able to take that knowledge and I was like, let me let me run with this and see what I can do with it. And I reached out to some friends who said, we'll support you. So I started putting feelers out to vendors I knew and said, would you be interested in doing this? Not, this event convention, I'm looking more as an event um, where it would be all inclusive. So it would be a combination of LGBT youth organizations. It would be vendors, it would be shows, it would be workshops, it would be drag shows where everyone would feel welcome and to be themselves. And the support behind that was immeasurable. And I told them, I said, this is not, uh, you know, there's no profit in it for me. I, it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's a complete nonprofit thing. If there's any profits from this, they will all be donated. So everyone jumped on board. I, I had vendors coming out of the woodwork to be part of it. And it really surprised me. And the turnout, I mean, while it wasn't massive, it was better than I expected it to be. And everyone was quite pleased by the turnout. And the, the thing that I got the most is 
people saying how comfortable, how welcome they felt, how it felt like a true family. It didn't feel like an event or a convention. It, it felt like, like a get together because I wanted, for example, the book of haunters. I, tomorrow volume eight comes out. Nice. So, um, but with my event, one of the ideas I had, and I, I thought it was a clever idea is to have all these haunters that have been in the books, like alumni and invite them to the event and they would get special badges to show that they were part of the event, have them bring their books if they had them or buy their books and almost make it like yearbooks where everyone would go around and autograph each other's books. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I that wanted idea. them to be the celebrities because they are the celebrities in the haunt industry yeah. too. They are haunters. They have, and I feel they should have been should be recognized. So that's exactly what happened. You would see someone with a volume one running up someone with a volume three and stuff because awesome. their 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 lanyards would I specified which volume they were in. So if you had volume three and you saw their lanyard and said volume three, you'd be like, oh my god, you're so and so. Can you autograph? And that's what it became like. It became like a yearbook. That's that is awesome. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Man, I got to get a Haunters Against Hate shirt to wear to the ring now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to be loading <laughs> up on those in Lexington. And well, and, and the other wonderful thing is um, I, I many, mm, four years ago now, maybe five, I just happened to be wearing a Haunters Against Hate shirt to Days of the Dead convention in Indianapolis. And I ended up talking to a celebrity there, and she and I had become very, very good friends very close through the years and she has done everything she can to support and promote haunters against hate which is wonderful and that her name's Lori cardill she was the star she was the lead in george romero's day of the dead oh that's the awesome under place the the one woman in the movie yep. that's <laughs> so that is awesome and this is your first year that you've actually had on-screen movie talent there too correct what the the first this one coming up um, this well, Lori was at the first event, so I just had Lori, and then I had some um, Ricky Vitas, who was one of the makeup artists from Sci Fi's Face Off. Okay, nice, he okay. was there. So, but yes, this year, Lori actually reached out to her friends and her co workers or co stars, yeah, and told them about this, and they all wanted to come on board to show their support for Hunters Against State. And before you know it, I have 10 celebrities coming to this event now. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. That is amazing. So I have like the, the the two original actors who played Barbara and Johnny in the original Night of Living Dead who are going to be there. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. They have never been together at a convention in Kentucky ever. Really? Wow. No. Oh, wow. First time, Four. first time Four. ever Lexington, Kentucky yes. honors against you hate the event. Yes. I mean, yeah. Dude, that's amazing. It's pretty incredible. So bad in that. <laughs> in fact, in fact, they 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 showed such support that both of them are in my next volume of Book of Haunters, the one that comes out tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I seen I think I seen you post that um, yes. on Facebook. So pretty amazing. And then it, I have four of the actors from Day of the Dead coming. Lori and three of her co-stars, um, Miko Yu's, who played the original or Gage in the original Pet Cemetery, the little boy. Yeah. He's going to be there. Uh, Mark Patton, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, wow. Freddy's Revenge, and the documentary Screen Queen. And Ricky Vitas is coming back to create a note, whole new creation for the event. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Dude, this is yeah. amazing. I, uh, I'm, well, I'm ex- is it, I'll have is it to, time yet? I'll have to step up and say hi to the guy that played Gage just because of my past, you know, with, with, uh, Nash, with Natural Nightmare <laughs> and, and our last event that I had. So, Oh, man. <laughs> he's really nice. I met Nico uh, several years ago, and he's a really cool guy. And the funny thing is when I was at Fox, I worked on a movie he was in with Danny DeVito called Jack the Bear, which not many people know. A very small little movie. And when I met him at the Day of the Dead convention, you know, everyone's there to have him sign his Pet Cemetery pictures. And I went, I went up to him, I said, I just want to let you know that I worked on the campaign and the advertising for Jack the Bear. And he just looked at me and went, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my God. So when, when he came and agreed to be at this event, I messaged him, I said, I don't know if you remember, but I was the one who worked on Jack the Bear. And he's like, oh my God, I can't wait to come visit. <laughs> it's a small amazing. world. That is yeah, amazing. It really is. It's Man. great. But like last year, last year I had um, the makeup competition was create your own version of Cruella DeVille. And I had the surprise where I had the actual makeup artist from the movie Cruella announce the surprise of the competition via London. Wow. Which was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And this year there may be another surprise and it's create your own version of The Nun. Ooh. Oh, I'm sold already. No, I'll I'm, be there. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The other thing that is generating a lot of interest um, and people's faces just light up when I tell them or when they see it is I'm actually having baby goats and pigs. Yes. I, I yes. Seen it. I seen it. <laughs> the lifestyle. No, and, and, and as we're actually talking about this today, I showed my wife the pictures on Facebook and, and she's coming to the, to the convention with us. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm going to be immersed with the goats the whole time. <laughs> Do you know how many people are saying that? I'm like, people know, I don't want a longer line for goats than for the celebrities. Okay. <laughs> well, and I think in Sharna's case, Jeff, you might be taking a goat home. I don't know. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, it gave me the idea that I think Saturday morning for, I, I'm going to have a separate ticket that you can buy and Saturday morning going to offer where you can get a goat Mosa. So you can get a mimosa and play with baby goats for oh, now. Oh <laughs> my god! I, I I have a feeling both of our wives will be there. That is genius. That is okay. This oh, is, and, I, and the nice thing is, I I told the but the rescue Butterfly Valley Rescue who's bringing the goats and the pigs, who I met at a haunt last year. They had the 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 animals at the haunt, and I went bananas. And I told them, you know, whatever is raised with those ticket sales for the goat moses, that will go to their rescue. To That's help amazing. Awesome. That is amazing. Man. So, I've got one more question before I, I give the mic back to Flynn over here, because um, I really don't want to hog the mic the whole time. But um, I've I've seen on Facebook that we've had some, you know, there's been some struggles and some fears with with how the haunt or how the convention is actually going to take off for this se- or this year. Um, how have you um, combated the the mental? aspect of things with um you know the the depression aspect of your life your personal life how have you helped take that and just throw it away because you know there's some good days and there's some bad days for everybody and i'm just i just want to let people know that it is okay to be human and have that bad day 
Right, and it, it still happened. I mean, it's not going to go away anytime soon. I I have that diagnosis of clinical depression, so mm-hmm. it can happen whenever. You yeah. just never know. Um, but I I try to focus on my work. I try to focus on you know Haunters Against Tate with getting the event up and running and folk. By focusing on all the good that I can do for that helps a lot. It really does. It says, okay, Paul, yeah, you know, try to focus on this. Know, know that by doing this, you're helping someone. You're helping, you know, a young kid um, that will reach has reached out. You know, someone has reached out to me recently saying, I'm so excited. You know, they, they're a daughter of a haunter. And I sent them a shirt and they didn't know about the event and their dad told them. And I told them, that I will comp their tickets to the event because they can't afford to come. And she was so thrilled and she messaged me and she goes, this is gonna be the highlight of my life. So That's when I look at stuff like that, it balances absolutely, you know, the pendulum. Yeah. So, because I, I can get into my really dark spaces and I don't wanna do anything, mm-hmm. but I realize I can't, I, I cannot not do something yeah. because I've got to, I, I gotta keep moving forward. You know, the event is less than two months away now. So. Yeah. Man, and that's, you actually took one of the questions I was going to ask. I mean, so, <laughs> simpatico right here. But on, on the flip side of that, I don't want to get negative by any stretch, but I, I've also seen some things you've posted on social media where, despite all the good that's coming from this event, despite all the good that comes from Haunters Against Hate, there are still people that use social media for negative just whatever you want to say. And mm-hmm. they say that, you know, you're taking something they love to push an agenda or, or whatever it may be. And we'll call it uneducated. We'll call it ignorant, call it what you will. But when you see stuff like that, how do you just either block it out or keep from getting pulled down into the muck to respond to that and stick to your guns? Because what you're doing is an amazing, amazing life changing thing. I won't respond to them. That's for sure. Because if you engage that's that's what they want. Yeah. Absolutely, they want the fight to happen. So by not engaging, you're you're diminishing their power. And you know, my first impulse, of course, is to get really angry and get really like, "How dare you? Who the you know who the hell yeah. do you think yeah, you are?" Of course, human nature. And, like, step back, take it from where it's coming. Realize they're being very ignorant about the situation, and they're not recognizing that good is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're lashing out. Who knows why? And you've just let it go. It's not important. Delete the post, hide the post, block them, move on. Yeah. Because no matter what, no matter what you do, any anywhere, you will always, everyone will get hit with something negative by someone, it, no matter what. Not everyone is going to like you. There's just no yeah. way. Yeah. So I, I realized that. It, and like I said, the first impulse is to go, excuse me. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And yeah. if I find myself letting it get to me i will call friends who can balance me and say stop and you know calm me down and say don't jump off the ledge it's not worth it so man kudos i'm just i'm so impressed about how self-aware you are because i'm still in that you know discovery mode of you know not only the burnout but pulling myself back from situations that can be easily egged into so man just major major props and kudos to you for that and then my, my other question, especially with the event, you know, coming down to the finish line of, of first day and everything, when you have all these responsibilities, when you're reaching out to these celebrities and you have these connections, how do you not only like just 
keep it all in check, but also keep yourself from getting burned out and all this. Cause I know like you mentioned, uh, you know, fighting off the depression, you see the good that it does for people, but how do you do the balancing act to, to pull all this together and make it the, the spectacular thing that it is? Because I am not a procrastinator. I, I, I started putting stuff together six months, seven months ago. So, you know, where a lot of places will wait till the last minute to get the banners printed, say for the mm -hmm. event, I've had them for months already done. You know, the wristbands, see the wristbands are another big thing for my event that people really like. The colored wristbands, did you oh, see yeah. about that? You know, those are ready. Everything's, everything's in already. So now it's a question of the, the complete, when I, met, when I met with the hotel last month to discuss the space and go over with the, where everything's going. And it was the first time meeting the woman who's taking over and I presented her with a layout with the booths and everything. And she goes, you were the only person who's ever given me a layout like this specific wow. of where every booth is going. She goes, this is amazing. So that's how it is. I'm very like, very structured when it comes to that. Maybe because I work for myself and I've been working for myself for so many years that I have a routine and I have to stay structured because it's very easy to just, you know, lay in bed and watch TV all day. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, so. I, I dig it so much. And then teach me the ways of working for yourself. I'm still trying to cross that bridge, but teach me the ways. <laughs> I just, I treat it like a job. I'm yep. up by 6.30 every morning and every, you know, and get the day going and get stuff done. And the only thing I allow myself every day, and you may laugh, is every day, and this is going for the past 15 years, I take a half hour nap every day. Nice. So just to refresh and regroup. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And yep. I'm thinking about it too. Like, cause I know we normally have like two go-to questions that we ask our guests here on the show, but I I think I have a third one that we might need to add just for this episode, Jeff. So I'm down. Let's do it. Do you want to take the first question? Yeah, sure. Um, so mine is always um, for the people that are getting into the haunt industry. What kind of advice could you give them to, help ease fears or, you know, the social anxiety fears and things like that. What kind of advice could you give them to help with that? Um, that make sure they try and find a haunt that they're going to, that they feel welcomed as family and that they, they have a camaraderie with the owners, with the actors and they feel welcome. And by immersing themselves in that kind of family, they will help you overcome your fears they will help you if you're struggling to scare or whatever or make up whatever and you'll always have a helping hand that'll make you feel welcome that'll make it much easier man awesome. I, I think I, i'm not being biased by any means but i think that answer right there pretty much is just like hit the nail right on the head to a t worded it so beautifully and it, it's 100 spot on thank you Thank you. Of course. And now this question is going to be a two part. So it's not both of my questions. Um, okay. But what would you say was a scare, your favorite scare that you have done as a scare actor or that maybe you experienced, whether it was in a haunt or, you know, like on a live ghost tour, like you just recently did at Waverly Hills. What, which one of those sticks out most to you? When I worked at Nightmare and Edgewood, I came up with a concept for the haunt, uh, for a section of the haunt that they actually built, where it was real phobias. So one of the one of the rooms we had real snakes. Uh, 
See, snakes don't bother me at all. And I have you, a pet snake, so I'm, I'm good. I don't do snakes. There was also a room with tarantulas. Nope, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but you would go through the, like, you know, the slats, and we had snakeskin hanging. We had the snakes, and they were in cages, but we had boas and pythons. Is this room still available? I want to put him in there. No. However. I got kicked I, out of King's Island in a room like that. <laughs> Nightmare in Edgewood is a is a haunt that is a touch haunt. Okay. So I was underneath these tanks where people couldn't see me wearing black gloves. So as they were walking very slowly past the snakes, I would grab their ankles. And I had two people almost pee on my hand. <laughs> Thank God for gloves. Yeah. Those were some of my favorite scares. Oh, um, man. We had one woman walk through, and she froze like a board that we had to have security get her out. Another, another it was like this group of like five college football. You've never seen five guys run so fast down a hallway against the hallway, panicked. Oh, man. Yeah, we... And we recently, or not recently, back in back in uh, like episode three, we had our guest on uh, Justin Whitaker had actually had uh, I think it was three Tennessee Titans NFL professional football players that just phew, straight through the haunt just ran as fast as they could. So <laughs> and they ran like they were running away from success. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. my, and what my favorite scare that happened to me is. The first year I ever went to Knott's Scary Farm in California when I was living there, I had never been to Knott's Scary Farm's Halloween Haunt. It was the first one I was going through. It was with two of my friends, and we were walking down this hallway, and the you know in those haunts, people tend to be very backed up against each other because it's an amusement mm -hmm. park. And we got to the end of this hallway, and a light lit up, and it was a a plexiglass and this thing came flying into it and i tripped over my feet and went backwards and like dominoes everyone <laughs> all of us went down <laughs> that is beautiful yes. that is beautiful yeah it was amazing i said now with hindsight i wish i would have been that actor because i would have been crying <laughs> just to see like 10 people go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> right the the light would have went off behind the plexiglass and all they would have heard was ha, 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 ha. that's right exactly <laughs> just hit him with the nelson months <laughs> that, it, oh. it was great perfect timing you know dark you don't you're expecting a hallway that you're going to turn to the left and this light goes on this plexi and it comes flying into the plexi so that yeah. is, oh that is amazing that is amazing <laughs> i love it and then my last question uh, before we before we call it in the ring and throw it over to you is if if there's somebody out there that is struggling with depression or, or mental health issues or even just accepting who they are and, you know, coming coming to terms with that and becoming comfortable with it. What kind of advice or encouragement would you give those people that may be listening? Once again, like I said about the haunt is. These people, the smartest thing to do is surround yourself with friends who, I mean, because family's not always, you know, the solution. Mm -hmm. um, 
you have to surround yourself with friends who you would consider family who would be there to support you and keep you realizing that you are who you are and people have to accept you for who you are and don't let the naysayers get you down it's very easy to and it's going you know it's going to be a battle sometimes but you have many people on your side and in your court and always reach out to your safety net if you feel yourself falling absolutely absolutely it may not be the easiest thing to do to reach out but like like paul said you have people that love you that support you and that want you here so bite the bullet and reach out don't be afraid to do it because we'd rather have that tough conversation than get a call that something else may have, have gone wrong so here, here's here's an example i at trans world two years ago three years ago at the booth this 14 year old girl came up to my booth she was with her parents and she looked at the merchandise i had on the table and left walked away and i could tell i was like mm. so i ran up to her and i gave her i believe like a pin and a t-shirt i was like here i want you to have these you know and i gave her a hug and she went on her way and six months later i got an email from her saying i don't know if you remember me but because of what you did i never felt so welcomed in my life and felt so like i belong she goes she goes maybe it was just you know a, a mindless hug from you she goes but that meant the world to me so that's what you know, something about. as little as that. And the thing is, I remembered. I don't forget. I don't forget stuff like that. I, I never forget stuff like that. It was like not just a little hug. It was I knew she needed that hug at that point. Yeah. So and that little thing changed her life. So and for me to get that email six months later, I mean, I was in tears reading it. I was of so course. touched by it. And that that is what Haunters Against Hate is all about. It's like, it. yes, it's important to raise the money and get the money flowing in, keep conscious kids going, donating to these organizations. But it's also about these stories and helping these kids when you can and Absolutely. letting them feel like they belong. So they're not, so they do have their safety net. If they want it, you know, they can always email me if they ever want to and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. again, like you said, that's what it's all about right there. Yep, exactly. Yeah such such a powerful message and it's it is and you know that's and i'll be honest i'll come out and just say it out publicly that is the reason why i wanted to be so immersed and in part of your event coming up was because of what you stand for and how you go about approaching that well thank so. you i appreciate that well i don't i don't know if you know you know the haunters against hate awards happen at the event as well yeah yeah and this year, the Haunter of the Year is going to a 14-year-old boy that's based out of Chicago. He he now scares at Hell's Gate, Haunted Attraction. Mm -hmm. But from the ages of 7, 11, or 8 to 12, he used to run his own little home haunt. And in the four-year span, he raised $20,000 for charity. Wow. Wow. And I feel he well deserves Haunter of the Year for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, very, and that, very cool. you know, it's like age is inconsequential look at what this young boy this young man has done yeah. you know that is worthy same thing the the jesse mcdonald memorial award it's not it doesn't because it says memorial it's because jesse has passed away like last year it went to ashley DeSillo. it's basically 
a, a haunter that embodies the spirit of making other haunters feel welcome in their haunt community and stuff like that. And this year it's going to someone named Brandon Shirley who worked at American Horrorplex, also a deputy sheriff in Louisville. And he was ambushed and killed last year at 27 years old. Oh man. And it's gonna be very touching because his partner is accepting the award this year. So, but he he made everyone at the haunt feel welcome when he was able to scare. And even in as deputy sheriff, he was he would go out of his way to make, make people feel comfortable with you know sheriffs and stuff like that and yeah. make make them realize that I, they're your friends and stuff yeah. like that. So you know, so he's getting the memorial award this year. Man, oh, that's gonna be that's oh man. I'm, I feel like I need to bring a box of tissues with yeah. me. Yeah, it's getting hard to not get choked up right yeah. now just hearing. Oh, and, and, and see, and that's the thing about, that's the thing I wanted with my event is, you know, yes, it, people may look, oh, it's a convention. No, it's more than a convention. It's about yeah. people emotionally connecting. That's what it's about. That's mm -hmm. it. Oh, yes, that absolutely. That is it. Man, that's a, that's a powerful, powerful way for us to wrap up our portion of the questions here and man now we're gonna have to call it in the ring jeff because uh paul's gonna get a chance to ask each of us both two questions we don't know what they are nothing's off limits and here's the spooky part we don't even know who's gonna go first so whenever paul is ready to throw his best scare tactics our way the fun shall begin two questions each or yes sir two questions each yep yeah Okay. Or, or you can do like some people have in the past and ask one question directed towards For both, both of us. us. Yeah. So, what is a horror movie that you think sucks that everyone else lo loves? Mm. Mm. <laughs> does uh, does, the, <laughs> does the Fast and the Furious franchise count as horror movies? Really? Really? Here we go again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me think on that for real, though. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, give that some thought. Let's see. Oh, man. I'll be honest. Um, does Killer Clowns from Outer Space count? Because my, fr my friend showed me that on, on Halloween a couple years ago, and he's like, it's the best thing ever, and I, I just kind of rolled my eyes, but... Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's gonna be my answer. Yeah. Okay. And your it's, turn. Is bad as bad as I hate to say it, and I hope people we don't I hope we don't lose listeners because of this, but I really don't like Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> I am not gonna argue with you on that because I agree with you. So I may lose people too, <laughs> but I don't think there's ever been a good Friday the thirteenth movie. No. no, maybe the first one, the mother, the best thing about it, but I don't. I still don't think it's a very good film. That's, yeah, that's a fair answer. I'll, I'll I'll back you up on that one too. Well, so. and I, I, my biggest thing is is I think it's overdone. Mm -hmm. Um, like like you said, the first is always best in in movies, and then the sequels and prequels and all of that that come after. Other than Star Wars, of course, I'm just going to throw mm -hmm. that out there. But all uh, Star Wars know. is good. Star Wars. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's I don't know. It, it's just, to me, it feels like it's overdone. 
There's, okay. There's a certain yeah, point yeah. where you just got to stick a fork in it, you know. And I mean, I think you could even. I, I love Michael Myers, and I love the Halloween franchise. I still watch them every Halloween when they come on. But you could probably even say that about that franchise too. Before the recent retcons and reboots with the Danny McBride cuts too, because it just yeah. got so confusing and convoluted. And then the mm-hmm. Rob Zombie cuts came into it too. So, what you know, what's canon, what's not canon, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Man, and secondly, what? What food do you like that most people hate? Mm. Like, for example, I, lo- I love Spam. Okay. Man, I got to think about that because I'm a picky yeah. eater. Mine would have to be on the lines of Spam because I love potted meat and crackers. Okay. Okay. So. Um, it might be easier for me to give you one that I hate that everybody loves. Yeah, I, okay. I, I'm having a hard time thinking about that, but I mean, like, I'm half Irish, and I hate corned beef. So I don't, you know, that's that's just how weird I am. I can think of things I hate, but I can't think of anything that I personally love that everybody else hates. Yeah, I said, okay. I said okay. bangers and mash the other day, and he looked like he was going to puke on me. <laughs> I don't like cabbage, Jeff. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's Thank pretty you. spooky to think about, though. Spooky for my stomach, but... <laughs> well, I could have said White Castle or, you know... Oh, God. Oh, buddy. Well, I don't know if Panda Express would be acceptable or not, but people tend to like them, too, and if they want That's to sponsor... Yeah. They want to sponsor, our inbox is open. <laughs> but, man, those were some fun questions. And, again, too, like, I, I say it on the I Know You Hear Me podcast, cheap plug, but every time we get these questions, they're always so different and they're always like they literally are off the cuff. We don't know what they are. We don't screen them ahead of time, and they still come out so different and so unique. And they're always fun on top of it. I always love getting to this segment. Yeah, like That's and awesome. I, and I've got I've got another question for him since he brought up our favorite food. You're you live in the Louisville area, right? Lexington. Oh, in the Lexington area. Okay, never mind. I thought you was in Louisville. You were close with the L. Yeah, yeah, well. And the state. I was, I was going to see if his favorite pizza place in Louisville was my favorite pizza place. Oh, but, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Can't Great, now you got to find a Lexington pizza place, Jeff. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out in July, right? Oh, but, man. But, but in Louisville, they have Buca di Beppo where they don't have that here. It's the only Buca di Beppo in Kentucky if you like Italian food. That's true. That is true. Mm. I, I'm trying to think, do we even have one here? I don't think so. I don't know. I uh, If I do, forgive me, Tennesseans. I don't know my own state. Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't think we do, but I could be wrong. But, man, that, that does sound pretty tempting. We have a Whataburger now, though. Oh, they failed. They, I should have said Whataburger, but anyway. <laughs> Are you serious? You have a Whataburger? Yeah, it's in it's in um, Hermitage. Hermitage. Yep. yep. And just uh, up until just recently, that thing will be backed up across yeah. the parking lot and out into, like, the main road. And the one in Gallatin is opening up in the next couple months also. Oh, get ready. It's going to be the same way. Yeah. It's going to be the same oh, way. Wow. And I'm talking it was backed up for, for months. And this was also... Oh, I, believe I believe it. This was at 1 and 2 in the morning because I'd pass it on the way back from shows. Yep. And, you know, you'd go by, you'd see them in the Lowe's parking lot all the way back up to the red light. And these people... I, I'm tired. I don't even want to think about waiting that long for food. I'm hungry, but I'm sleepier. All right, I, I'm going. It. Nope. But anyway. <laughs> this is going to make me hungry before the night's over, and I don't have enough time to get food. But in all seriousness, guys, if you haven't, 
gotten tickets to Haunters Against Hate too. We're going to have a link to the event in the show notes, so there's still time to go out there and get those tickets. Come by the booth and see us. Go have mimosas with goats, for God's sake. Where else goat can you do Moses. that? Go goat mimosas. <laughs> I was getting to it. But it, it's just, it's something for everybody. It's all-inclusive, and it's for a great cause. And saying great cause doesn't even come close to how great it really is. But Not bad at all, right? <laughs> that is it. That Okay, that's the walk-off right there. We hailed the Seder. He came in. He made the goat moses. We're done. That's it. But in all seriousness, guys, come out, support, have some fun. Just be included. Support a good cause. Come by our booth. Get on the podcast for a little bit. Tell us some spooky stories. We don't discriminate. We're here to have fun. We're here to scare people, and we're here to entertain. So check those show notes. Check the show notes again for link, uh, links to the merch. Support this show. Support the Humane Society and spread that word of mouth. Get word out about the event. Get word out about these podcasts and get connected on social media and leave those five-star reviews on your podcasting platform. But Paul, in all seriousness, thank you so much for coming on here tonight, telling your story, inviting us to the convention, and just being so fun to talk to. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I really had a great time. It was really a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having you guys at the event. Thank you. And that that goes all three ways for sure. I was going to say both ways, but I don't want to leave you out this time, Jeff. You'll be too busy eating humble pie by the time we get up there. (laughs) But guys, in all seriousness, for myself, for Paul, for Jeff, we thank you so much for tuning in to another spooky episode of Tales from the Haunt. And Jeff, is there something that Paul should not only do until we come back again with our next episode, but our listeners should do as well. Of course there is. There's always something to do. Well, yeah, it's that honey-do list, but what is it? Everybody just needs to stay spooky. And I know you hear me. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with another terrifying episode. another spectacular episode. <laughs> Tales from the Haunt has been a Flynn Hendricks production. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>